listening to the Plugged In Podcast, presented by the Institute for Energy Research. To find out more about our work, visit our website at instituteforenergyresearch.org. Welcome back to the Plugged In Podcast. I'm Alex Stevens. On October 22nd, Mary J. Hutzler, a distinguished senior fellow here at the Institute for Energy Research, provided testimony before a U.S. House Republican forum titled, Biden's Afghanistan Crisis, Forfeiting U.S. Investment in Critical Minerals to the Taliban. Here's a recording of her testimony. Thank you for the opportunity to testify on Afghanistan's mineral wealth. Afghanistan has extensive mineral resources located in every province of the country. The country has world-class deposits of iron ore, copper, gold, rare earth minerals, and many other resources. Afghanistan is expected to hold over 2.2 billion metric tons of iron ore. That's over 12,000 times the known iron ore reserves in the world. Almost 30 million metric tons of copper, about 34 times the known copper reserves in the world, and 1.4 million metric tons of rare earth minerals. Afghanistan's vast mineral resources also include cobalt, barrett, sulfur, lead, zinc, and lithium. U.S. agencies estimate Afghanistan's mineral deposits to be worth upwards of $1 trillion, and recent estimates suggest the worth could be as high as $3 trillion. A Pentagon memo called Afghanistan the Saudi Arabia of lithium. Afghanistan could have among the world's largest deposits of lithium, which is key to the global agenda of switching to electric vehicles and backing up intermittent renewable energy that the Biden administration is pursuing. President Biden's goals will put an enormous demand on manufacturing companies for these minerals and their resulting products. The U.S. currently has little extraction processing capability here or abroad to meet these future demands. And now the U.S. has lost a major opportunity to invest in Afghanistan's minerals, as that wealth is under Taliban control. That allows China, which already dominates the global mineral supply chain, to invest in a neighboring country's mineral resources. An energy system powered by renewable technologies differs profoundly from one fueled by traditional hydrocarbon resources. Building solar plants, wind farms, and electric vehicles requires more minerals than their fossil fuel counterparts. A typical electric car requires six times the mineral inputs of a conventional car, and an onshore wind plant requires nine times more minerals than a gas-fired power plant. Since 2010, the average amount of minerals needed for a new unit of power generation capacity has increased by 50% as the share of renewables has risen. The types of mineral resources used by uh, vary by technology. Lithium, nickel, cobalt, manganese, and graphite are crucial to battery performance, longevity, and energy density. Rare earth minerals are essential for permanent magnets that are vital for wind turbines and electric vehicle motors. Electric networks need a huge amount of copper. The U.S. Department of Interior published a list of 35 mineral commodities considered critical to the economic and national security of the U.S. Of the 35 mineral commodities identified as critical, the U.S. lacks any domestic production of 14 and is more than 50% import reliant for 31. This import dependence is a problem because it can put supply chains and U.S. companies at risk, particularly when China dominates the world's supply chains for minerals. Massive amounts of copper will be needed if the U.S. wants to increase its electric vehicle population and its electrification. Electric vehicles use twice as much copper as vehicles with internal combustion engines. The U.S. currently produces as 
much copper as it uses. Arizona is the leading copper producing state, accounting for 74% of domestic output. However, two new copper mines in Arizona are having trouble getting approvals. The Resolution Copper Mine, which can meet about 25% of U.S. copper demand, is currently under federal environmental review. Further, the House Natural Resources Committee recently voted to block the building of that copper mine. Also recently, federal regulators rejected the Rosemont Copper Mine's request to reduce critical habitat for jaguars deemed endangered. The mine only needed about 6% of the land that was excluded for the jaguars. Similar delays have held up the polymet and the twin metals copper and nickel mines in Minnesota. The only lithium production in the U.S. is from a Bron operation in Nevada, but the state also has the Thacker Pass mine, whose development is still on hold as several permits are in legal challenges. Elon Musk indicated that for tes Tesla to make 20 million electric vehicles a year by 2030, it would need 165% of the total lithium produced worldwide in 2019. Due to its cheap coal generation, China processes and refines most of the world's critical minerals. Where it does not have domestic raw materials, China invests in them around the world. In 2019, China was responsible for 60% of the global production of rare earth elements, but was invested in cobalt mines in the Congo for half of the country's production. For refining operations, which is energy intensive, China's involvement is higher. 50 to 70% for lithium and cobalt, and almost 90% for rare earth elements. Chinese companies have also made substantial investment in overseas assets in Australia, Chile, and Indonesia. China has even invested in the Mountain Pass Mine, the only rare earth mine in the US. China's investments and huge role in processing and refining critical minerals increase the risk that could arise from physical disruption, trade restrictions, or other global developments. For example, in 2010, China cut its rare earth exports by 40% and cut off supplies to Japan over territorial dispute, causing prices to soar. In conclusion, Afghanistan's mineral wealth is enormous and ripe for investment. The opportunity is there for China to capture some of the country's mineral wealth. The U.S. reliance on imports for these critical minerals places the U.S. at risk for trade disruptions and other national security risks. To meet the Biden administration goals, substantially more critical minerals will be needed. While the U.S. is largely dependent on imports, it could secure these resources by opening U.S. mines that are having trouble receiving final approvals. Without increasing the U.S. extraction and processing of these critical minerals, the U.S. will become more dependent on China for them. This makes the U.S. much more dependent on China than it ever was on the Middle East for oil. The U.S. imports about 80% of its rare earth requirements from China, compared to a high of 23% of imported oil from the Middle East in 2001. Converting from an American-based energy system to one based on China's is an existential threat. Thank you for the opportunity to testify. Thank you for listening. To find a full video of this testimony and to learn more about our work at IER, please visit our website at instituteforenergyresearch.org.